I've been here for just a short while, just okay. a week ago, but I already heard legends about you. So <laughs> that's why I was like, I have to use this chance and ask you. Uh, but uh, so I would, to make sure I got my information right, I heard something about a title or something about being a champion. No. Have you, no. but, but no. you were competing um, though. No. Um, so it's, not a, it? uh, it's not a competitive title. Um, mm -hmm. It's a coaching okay. title. So um, in um, <clears throat> Se Tong Muay Thai lineage, which mm -hmm. um, Se Tong is uh, still to this day like considered to be the most legendary lineage in Muay Thai. Okay. So the um, uh, Thai teacher Ku Yodtong, um, uh, you know, thousands of Thai trainers. It's the national sport. It's hugely ingrained in the culture of Thailand. Mm -hmm. But um, he was the one person ever to be appointed the International Conservator of Thai Boxing by the, by the Kingdom of Thailand. Mm. They gave him an honorary PhD mm. and um, so an honorary doctorate. And so basically the, what that means is that out of all the trainers, he was the one person they said like you're the you're the living repository of our art, you know, to the mm. world basically. So um, he passed away about almost four years ago and it was like huge national procession heads of state everything like like national news you know came out um so they produced the most champions in thai boxing but they've also had like i think it's like eight or nine um western boxing champions as well which is unheard of so their pedigree um right now although there's some other camps that are sort of preeminent on the competitive scene right now mm. over time like you know these things these dynasties go up and down but they sort of like um you know pick a sports team that's sort of like won more titles than anybody else right and that's mm. that's them and um so in that lineage um there's um Kruya Tong passed away his son is now taken over and Really, it's his son and Mark Delagrati, who's my coach. Mm. And so, Mark Delagrati has um, the Mongols, he uses the ceremonial headdress the fighters wear, mm -hmm. as sort of his ranking system. And to date, there's only four people who have gotten the rank of Red Mongol, and I'm one of those four. Mm. So I got this this past year. Yeah. So, basically, the title is, I'm one of four people um, ever to get that only one of four in the you know the um highest level right. like lineage in wow. thailand so that's the that's the one that's not it's, it's, <laughs> it is absolutely nothing to do with fighting titles it's, okay. it's a um it's an understanding of the art and a in mm. a trainer title basically so yep but are you coaching professional fighters yourself or some yep um right now i've got Right now I've got one active pro like who fights out of my gym. Mm. Um, I've had, you know, several, uh, but also, um, you know, I've trained a number of like UFC fighters and other mm. like top tier MMA fighters and things like that. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Because, so those two things combined, um, I think, <laughs> I'm asking because I have the specific question that I'm pursuing these days. And Every time I meet someone great, I just ask that question. And that question is uh, just, I see, personally, when I look at, and this applies to other fields too, but if I look at fighters, uh, there's great and then there's excellent. Mm -hmm. 
there's like the boxing, let's say Mayweather, Ali, or, or obviously they have their character as well. They, they stand out as personalities, but, but they have that skill level, which is just beyond others. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my passion is to just try to figure out what, what do you think is that gap which makes some people exceptional? Is it talent? Is it grinding? Is it a combination of all of it? What would, you, what would be your observation? Um, the really highest level, the guys that are like number one, especially the guys that are like number one and then can defend that mm -hmm. multiple times, you know, um, or maybe they lose a fight but then they come back, but they're mm -hmm. always like in that, they're either number one or they're vying for that number one spot, like at the highest, highest levels. Mm. Um, it's a perfect storm every mm. time. Like you can't attribute it to one thing. Right. It's because uh, mm. you just work so hard because a lot of guys probably work just as hard. Um, is there some degree of athleticism and coordination and things like that that's probably a prerequisite? Yeah, in the same way that, you know, the most um, the most money in sports right now from my understanding is in pro football mm. and so you look at what's the cutoff it's sort of like you know vetting people for um, special forces or something it's like you're taking cream of the crop applicants and then mm. out of that crop of applicants you're trying to find out um, who like you, you create a baseline where it's like before you even get considered, like you've got to sort of show that you're at an elite level on these points. And then out of that, you know, we have this tiny pool now mm. that is like super elite. So the combines in football is mm. like, you know, if, you, if you're like not having a cer certain vertical leap and a certain sprint and everything, like you're not even in the mix. Mm -hmm. So even out of those people, right, you're like you're now talking about elite of the elite. Right, right, right. So um, I do think there's a degree of that, you know, for fighting. Um, and that's becoming more and more of a thing as it becomes a professional sport, not just like martial artists of different styles competing against each other, but it's becoming a pro sport. So as you see more money into it, you're getting higher level of athlete too. So there is a degree of physicality there. Mm -hmm. But... Um, mm -hmm but you can't say that it's all just like physical ability because there's also at the highest levels got to be the work put in, you know, um, train responses and um, evolution to continue to try and make that better and better. So I think you see at the highest levels um, the combination of physicality with truly the drive to be the best um you know to like constantly evolve become more efficient um constantly like solve problems adapt elements into your game to become more and more technically proficient um so you've got the so, so you've got the different ends of the physicality which is the skill the desire to constantly evolve and then the baseline physicality um but then there's the whole other side, and I think that's the mental component, right? right? And the mental component is um, of the perfect storm is when you get someone who really has that physical um, intelligence, 
so you know they can because it's one thing to say like I've got power and I've got timing and everything but then there's like the sort of ability to execute against different types of opponents and see things in the moment so that's like kind of an overlap between your mental like you understand sort of the strategy and the adaptation so you can continue to impose yourself against all sorts of different types of opponents you know and because we can't we can't we're all we all have patterns no matter how good they are like we all have patterns right mm -hmm. everybody can study and try and exploit each other's patterns but when you can always have the right answer to mm -hmm. to win mm -hmm. that's like a strategic part of it that's a physical intelligence type of mm -hmm. thing you know i mean i know it's obviously your brain it's not yeah you know, but, your, it's right? but it's like that's like a subtle thing where you can um mm -hmm. you can adapt right. everything real well in the moment as problems become presented mm -hmm. and then there's the mental thing too that like some guys can have all those but they get really high strung in the fight and I find that those are the people that even if they like win a title maybe defend it once they're not the legends right they're not the people that are like revered as being like you know the greats of mm -hmm. all time the greats of all time truly have that ability to get into the zone you know like they mm -hmm. they genuinely love mm -hmm. the art of fighting yeah. and then they can get into that space where it's just pure um execution so their mind is going but they're not emotional about it right mm -hmm. regardless of how emotional they may seem like right. um at some point leading up to it like when they're in there they're just seeing it and their mind script is like it, it's just about the moment and and being right there to perform at your highest level mm -hmm. and if you can't do that i think you could have everything else but you could still miss the mark you know yeah. um so i think that's really it it's it, you know it's what most people would call talent, which be sort of to me just like, you know, like there's some people who, no matter how hard they worked, they would never have like the coordination or the physical like snap and stuff like that to, um, mm. uh, to be able to, you know, the, the, just the physical explosiveness thing. They could, they could follow every protocol and stuff. They'd never be able to just do that physically. So to me, that's the only part that's really like worth talking about in terms of like talent, God given. But mm -hmm. nothing is just attributed purely to that. Even John Jones, like he had to mm -hmm. also have years of experience and be willing to evolve his game. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a baseline, then there's the, the, the technical part, mm -hmm. um, the physical intelligence, the strategic adaptability part, mm -hmm. and then there's like the there's the will to prepare like a champion and the ability to get your mind past yourself and into you know that that zone of um you know just execution mm -hmm. so the greats i think all have those components to it mm -hmm. that's my oh, observation yeah. so cool. thank you very much sure such a full answer <laughs> and uh, just can i ask just for yeah, yeah. couple of things so just before i go to the Second and last question: um, That state of that being in the zone—it's mm -hmm. something I'm reading right now about and learning about and just thinking a lot about. It, it sounds like you 
speak from experience as well. Is yes, that, is that, yes, okay. not not competitively, but mm. for sure in training. Um, mm -hmm. My greatest moments, um, personally, in the art are where I mean, your mind it, again. It's just it's like a fundamental of meditation, right? The biggest concept, the biggest misconception about meditation is mm. people say, um, but I can't. My, I can't make my mind shut off. Therefore, they go, I don't do it. And the point is, like, nobody can. Yeah. Um, even if you're, quote-unquote, enlightened or something, as a human being, your, your brain, once you've acquired language, your brain will talk to you. It's mm -hmm. going to talk. Yeah. However, it's the degree or extent to which you practice so you can have more um, distance from your attachment to your thoughts and you can take the position of the observer mm -hmm. and um, you know that's part of I saw you making a recommendation on yoga which I'm sure you're way ahead of me on that <laughs> I'm, I'm rank novice in yoga but I mean the, the yoga was to prepare yourself originally for meditation right exactly, so, yes. so it's part mindfulness practice that has it's a little more physical mm -hmm. but um, that's true in all these things so mm -hmm. the, the greatest moments on the mat mm -hmm. are when you just walk off the mat feeling like a million bucks is when you really entered that flow state. Right. So your mind is talking mm -hmm. and, you know, occasionally you're picking up things because your brain is saying, okay, now here and everything. But the thing is, like, it's almost simultaneous with what's going on. You know, like, it's just pure, again, it's pure execution without any attachment you know you're right. not freaking out you're not mm -hmm. invested your your ego takes a nap and you just there you're just truly like doing it so even amidst the chaos of mm. um physical competition that has a martial you know it's got a the, the martial um aspect is it's a form of violence right yeah. but but even amidst that you're completely at peace and um, don't get me wrong, I mean, it's not mm -hmm. like, that's the ideal with like samurai and stuff, because how do you right. get people to um, stare down the, you know, sit, stare down, a, you know, a blade that could gut you or right. kill you mm -hmm. um, and uh, have a flow state? That's a whole other level. <laughs> so I'm not, I never feel like somebody was about to gut me in training. <laughs> um, but you can understand how that would parlay into... Um, even life and death situations mm -hmm. where you would want to try and achieve that for a warrior just like you do for an athlete right. because that is where you're going to perform the best is when you are not attached to the outcome right. uh, the outcome will have the highest percentage chance of being there for you you know you're going to you're going to perform your best mm -hmm. it's a paradox right so i think you answered it really really precisely what what i was about to ask but just just to Double check and clarify. Um, it sounds then that part of getting into that zone, that state of flow, is about not focusing too much on the outcome, mm -hmm. kind of being in the moment, letting things go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hear related things to that all the time, like when, um, say, somebody's coming up, steamrolling through the ranks or whatever, like. You know, they're now like 4-0, 5-0. People start talking about this is a top prospect in the making. And then you hear them say something like, you know, I want the champion, 
but I'm not looking past opponent X, who's the next likely, probably like a top five guy now, like mm -hmm. I'm not looking past him. Right. And they say that for a reason, because as soon as you start looking past that guy, you know, mm -hmm. even um, somebody like Connor, right. who mm -hmm. was like, you know, oh, Jose Aldo's gonna have his time, right? But he's like, he would say stuff like, you know, none of them have a face to me. The closer mm -hmm. I get to a fight, they just become this faceless body that mm -hmm. I'm gonna break down, mm -hmm. you know? It's kind of his way of saying, like, minus all his, yeah. you know, Especially. yapping and everything <laughs> uh, beforehand is, he said, like, I, once, once I actually get to that day and I'm walking into that cage, that's the moment where I finally feel free. It's because mm -hmm. Connor operates on a flow state, right? Like, exactly. like yeah. he'll even chatter at the guys while he's fighting them. Right. He, and, you know, Kavanaugh said that's just authentically him. Like, right. even if you come in from the outside, mm -hmm. if he brings people mm -hmm. in as a sparring partner, he's always yeah. like, just know Connor's going to mm -hmm. talk shit to you. It's not personal. Yeah. He does this to even his best friends. Yeah. You know, he calls him a fucking pussy and say, you hit me. <laughs> and um, so he'll do that. He'll do that to you in the fight. He'll mock mm -hmm. you and everything. But the thing is, like, he's doing that even because that's authentic to him. Right. Like, he's doing that while he's in the zone, which is one of the reasons why he can adapt to all these different right. types of athletes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, has done that. He lost his last fight, of course, but he, he did... He had a career of doing that against really high-level athletes right. at different levels, right. and they kept saying, oh, this guy's gonna have the answer, this guy's gonna have the answer. Mm -hmm. And he'd make these little adjustments to always be able to, to win. Right. Um, he's a great example of what I'm talking about, even though right. people get distracted right. by his mouth. Mm -hmm. But if you look at everything I just listed, he's yeah. got all those components, you know, so. Um, but uh, does that answer your question? Oh, for sure. Okay. The uh, last couple of bits, and I'll be good. Uh, quick question. So do you meditate? Do you practice meditation as a, as a practice? I, I do. Um, I re rediscovered it. Um, or I should say I started to practice with more regularity again um, quite recently, actually. It just felt like like I needed to um, mm. so I, I was serious about it back in college which now was a long time ago <laughs> um, but uh, I was actually the uh, Zen Club president and everything oh, wow. and there was a um, there was a, a Zen monastery mm. um, about 25-30 minutes away from the college so mm. on Tuesday nights whenever they were available I'd drive over there and I'd get a monk to come over mm. and lead the meditation and I would do it <laughs> if they didn't um, and we had a professor that would sometimes do it as well that was into it. So it was part of my life for a while, but mm. I guess what happened is, although I was idealistic and said, well, I'm never gonna not do this, then mm. you get into life and all that stuff, and then yeah. it, it does <laughs> fall by the wayside. Sure. And I always kind of felt that when I started doing um, a live martial arts, mm. because of my ideal about the kind of the flow state although I feel like I had that every day but like mm. that would be my my freedom you know was during training mm. um, my stepping outside of my head mm. that that was sort of like uh, taking the place of it right but I realized that sure. still still um, my ability to be mindful was not what I wanted to be so when I had some things that like really bothering me or would preoccupy mm -hmm. my head um, I just actually recently this year kind of said you know 
think I need to listen to whatever path led me to realizing the value there years ago. It's re reminding me now that I need to go back to it. So I started practicing again. Um, I didn't wake up and do it this morning because I'm on the road. <laughs> but, but most days I get in at least a short one. Yeah, I, I find it anchors me for the rest of the day. And um, I can uh, maintain mindfulness much more. Would you say that, would you say generally it would make a better fighter if a fighter would practice that? or? It's nothing I've ever told them to do. Mm. If anything, it would be something that... Um, Well, I can't say that. I usually talk about doing it sort of as a visualization. Because mm. again, it's um, that whole idea about uh, programming your, your mind. You know, there's so much of our mind that we don't have control over because the things that are, everybody wants to think they have complete free will, but the things that are mm. often driving the engine are things that we can't look at because they're unconscious. Right. A lot of times people talk about, um, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't let my unconscious control me. It's like, mm. it's unconscious, which means you can't see it to know if it's controlled. <laughs> right? That's the definition of unconscious. Yeah, exactly. if, if you could control it, it would by definition be conscious, be, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's all these things, but mm. the one thing that is one of the most, and this is why even in psychology now, like there's so much emerging data on Um, mindfulness practice and things like that mm -hmm. is because um, you can start to peel back layers of unconscious mm. um, forces so to speak by being able to more and more take that conscious observer mm -hmm. like you can um, start to un untie that knot a bit mm -hmm. um, and see some of these things that normally would just be you'd just be the, the agent of them you know like yeah. they're like you're you're acting them out but you don't really see them you know yeah. and um so that that's interesting i think you can um gain maybe a little more uh the conscious can expand mm -hmm. um and more things that were unconscious material can become conscious through meditation mm -hmm. um but as far as the fighters Uh, I usually just limit it to I want you to see yourself um, take some time to just sit there mm. and just kind of like breathe yeah. and see yourself like doing everything we've talked about in training I, I want you to see your opponent I just had this conversation a week ago um, mm. with my uh, with my fighter the day before the fight it was exactly a week ago mm -hmm. and um, I said I want you to see yourself move in with him you've seen tape on him right but i want you to see yourself like feel your feet on the on the mat see the enclosure of the cage and i want you to see him moving and i want you to see him moving well i want you to see him moving fast i want you to see like his fainting his punches his kicks his trying to come at you hard drive for a shot like i want to see him measuring distance and everything i want you to see everything he's doing is is crisp and correct but you answer everything Like you're a step ahead, you see everything coming. Mm -hmm. You're breathing. You're you're you know you're absolutely in tune. Um, your reactions are right there. You're following up. Like you're you're outscoring him. Mm -hmm. As soon as you score, you move. You create the superior angle. He can't touch you. You know. And I'm just like I just want you to see all that happening. 
but not this kind of like blind thing where it's like I just go in and I see my hand raised. No, mm -hmm. I want you to be specific. Mm -hmm. I want you to think everything he can do, he's doing it better than we even trained for, but yet mm -hmm. you're doing everything we trained for better. Mm -hmm. And you just see it like you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're well balanced. Every mm -hmm. time you hit, you move, you know, things that we were working on. Um, specifically, I'm repeating them back to him and saying, you see them successfully executed. Nothing he can do surprises you. Nothing he can do can take you out of position, right? Nothing he can do is too fast because your distance management gives you the time, right? Like, right? And now I want you to go see it in your head until when you walk in the cage, you're so calm, you know, you're exhilarated and your nerves are, you know, mm. but you're so calm inside because you know you've already had this fight, mm. you know, mm. a couple hundred times in your head before you get in there, mm. right? So it's like a little mental trick because um, when, when you've put in enough time mm -hmm. actually doing it, you can't, I mean, there's no shortcut for this, but when you put in enough time actually doing it, mm -hmm. you can actually um, a lot of times solve problems for something that say happened in a sparring session. Mm -hmm. You can do it in your head almost like you're doing it with that guy because right. you've felt like what his timing is what his uh mm -hmm. what his speed is you know what yeah. it said and um or where his control is if it's grappling or something like that and then sometimes you can like literally go like a little rain man thing in your head and you can like go, you know what i'm seeing my answer right mm. next time i'm going to do this and like literally show up the next day mm. and solve that problem live mm. um so but the only way you can have have your head almost um, do the work of real reps is if you put in enough real reps to have that reference point sure. where you can literally like see, mm -hmm. like almost feel them doing something to you and see and feel yourself mm -hmm. doing the, the response. Right. So it's interesting. Did yeah. the fight go well? Yeah, nice he, yep, he's 2-0 and o now, so. Nice. Yep, he I won. would expect after such a good <laughs> intro to the fight, I'd be surprised if he wouldn't have done well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did well. So still definitely lessons to take away, that's for sure. But uh, um, there were a couple gaps in that. And the, the funniest one was um, the first round, you know, they had a good striking exchange. Mm. He looked very composed. And then he just shot in and had the guy up against the cage. And um, he kept, like, starting to pull his opponent out. And the guy would get back, start to try and cage walk. And he'd, like, pull him out. But it was, like, just the guy fighting him off the whole mm. second half of round one. Right. So it was, like, clearly his round. Mm. And so second round, he was a little more passive. And um, the guy, although he didn't hurt him at all, probably landed more, like, incidental strikes. So in the mm. scoring, you're like, mm. I think you lost that round mm. on significant striking, right? Mm. So third round, I want you to make sure you seal the deal because now mm. it's one and one most mm -hmm. likely. So they had like a nice striking exchange. He's looking great, but I'm still like, don't like to leave it up to the judges. <laughs> so I'm like, Arthur, shoot, Arthur, take him down. Arthur, press him against the cage. Yeah. He's like, is he not hearing me? He <laughs> only did it like the last 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. And it was the same as the guys like couldn't get him off, just mm -hmm. trying to like hang on for dear life. So I'm like, at least he finished strong. But anyway, um, sure enough, one judge scored it for the other guy, mm. even though I don't think it was close. Yeah, it was yeah. clear, clearly dominant. But mm -hmm. on scoring, right. I would say objectively, two clear rounds to victor, and then one round he, mm. he lost um, just on points. 
but I didn't feel like it was actually that close. It was, but from a scoring perspective, it was. Right. So I'm like, we're in there um, right before they announced it. You know, I was like, hey, you did a great job. You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. we'll talk more about it. But uh, I was like, did you, um, did you hear me saying take him down? <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to do that. I was going to keep it standing. Uh-huh. And I was like, nope. <laughs> That's like it. so, wait. So I, I let him. I let him announce. You know, it was a mm. split decision. You know, he took mm. the pictures with the girls and with us, and everybody's congratulating him and you know right. stuff. And, and we went upstairs. And we're in the locker room, and I was like, yeah. So um, you know that part that you just said? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh. I was like, yeah. If I tell you to take him down, yeah. fucking take him down. Because yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I was sure. like, then it would have been unanimous decision. Like, there's no. You know, he's like, oh, okay, okay. He's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's all yeah, laughing yeah. it off like, nah, I wasn't going to do what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So, and then my, uh, <laughs> my other black belt who's in his corner was like, yeah, dude, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, don't smile and say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so anyway, yeah, it was kind of funny, funny, but he's it's still, he's still an amateur. Like fight, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, last so. thing, and I promise I'm done, uh, and hopefully this can be quick, um, for a beginner uh, to go in the smoothest way possible in learning, mixed martial arts, what would be your recommendation, main recommendation? To, to, to not like, go astray, to not burden himself with the wrong things? Yeah, it's to, um, I mean, the only trick about my answer is that it does imply a certain environment, right? Because, um, so my answer is to put the process before like the process is more important than the result um i mean the result is the most important thing when you're in competition right. you have to there's no reason to do a competition unless you're training to win yeah. mm-hmm. um now that being said then we have like the you know you win or you learn i mean really you learn either way right even if you win you should go back and mm-hmm. see what you can learn from but um you win or you learn but but or the objective is you're trying to win right there's no like oh let me train for you know train for six or eight weeks to just go in and you know have fun it's like yeah yeah, like you should have fun and you should be Mm. you know loose and everything but like you're trying to fucking win if you're competing Mm. but um but the process is what gets you to be able to do that and the process Mm. is what will be there when you're done competing right Mm. the process is what you want to fall in love with so don't get ahead of yourself and learn to relax Mm. if you can really try and learn technique in whatever area and being in the moment in the process and you can just relax you'll get better so much quicker and this is the reason why you you hear any of the other coaches talk about it too like there are exceptions but by and large women tend to acquire technical Mm -hmm. proficiency quicker than guys because I, i I don't know if it has anything to do with biology, but I think by and large, mm-hmm. sociologically, right. guys just, you know, I mean, it's just we're, we've got to prove something, you know, mm-hmm. so if, if, you, if there's a piece of leather there, we've got to mm-hmm. try and hit it hard. So, <laughs> whereas if you say to a guy, relax your shoulders, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Once in a while you get somebody who can do that like right away, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, eight or nine out of ten guys, mm-hmm. you got to tell them for, you know, a year before they start to listen. Um, because they'll try it, but then five reps later, they're like, <laughs> again. Whereas a lot of times with um, 
with uh, women of even like average at best athletic ability. You say, okay, now relax your shoulders. They're like, oh, the coach said relax my shoulders and I am here to get better, so I'm just going to relax my shoulders. Right. It's just sociologically like they're not, they just mm -hmm. don't feel the same pressure to perform and right. impress and everything. Right. So, you know, the, the, they're, I don't know, maybe it's the, it goes back to like the, the peacock feathers and stuff, <laughs> you know, but, but whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be, um, mm -hmm. it's for that reason, right? That um, if you can just relax and follow instructions in the process yeah. with the competent um, teachers and coaches, right. you'll get better faster. The delay in progress is really comes from our own head a lot of times, not right. so much from athletic ability. Mm -hmm. And obviously when you put a little more time into it too, you'll accelerate faster. But um, the only challenge there, my only exception to that answer, because I think it's the right answer, is um, that that does imply a good learning environment. Mm -hmm. Because quite frankly, it's like, I don't know what to tell somebody as much if they're in a place where everybody just throws you to the wolves and tries to take your head off. Because the consequences of being relaxed um, and uh, keeping like kind of a, almost like a playful, like mm -hmm. a, a serious training, but a playful process oriented mindset mm -hmm. can be difficult there because everybody, sure. you know, like you're doing some reps in jujitsu class and everybody's just trying to rip your head off on the it's, mat or people are trying to like knock mm -hmm. you out in sparring. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, that's pretty difficult to deal sure. with. So, um, but when I have an answer, like the one I gave, if you have for sure in an in, in SBG yeah. or in any other like really, you know, good, um, uh, learning environments mm -hmm. with, uh, coaches who get it, who care, who don't just try and have it be like a, um, a weeding out process type of thing. Yeah. You know, you keep that for your pro team. Mm -hmm. If you want to say like, hey, we're here to win. Um, we want serious people. We're going to do a weeding out process. I respect that for mm -hmm. a pro team. Anything else underneath that? I think you got to look at yourself as a coach and say, are you putting your ideology mm -hmm. on your students? So if you're a hardcore fighter or hardcore ex-fighter, and you think that's the only people you want to work out, then say so up front, but don't say we're for everybody and then create a training environment like that because then people can't grow, you know? You gotta let people come into it at the level that they want based on their personal goals. And who knows, sometimes you get somebody maybe you think is kind of a lamb and they come in and you find out, even though they've got sort of like a mellow temperament, they become a lion just because they're so able to be in the flow state and so mm -hmm. technically proficient that it's like they don't have to act tough or macho or seem like they're mm -hmm. kind of hard you know i mean i've got a teenager like that who mm. if i had every adult who had his um had his mindset i mean it's just like the ha the nicest happy lucky happy-go-lucky kid um just so polite I mean, there's not even an edge of, there's not even a, a tiny bit if you met him. He's just like this goofy, like 16-year-old kid who's like, hi, you know, <laughs> how you doing? Like, yeah. there's nothing coming off of him that would be like, I could kick your ass. And yeah. yet, right. he's like one of the toughest people in my entire gym. Oh. And um, hmm. adults are like shocked <laughs> when they go from meeting him 
I mean, he'll just kind of smile and barely even say right. anything. And then on the mat, whether it's especially jujitsu, but even like even striking and stuff, everybody's just like, oh my God, this guy could kill me at any moment. And, uh, he just came up in my program and his thing is just like, I just want to get better. Yeah, I love it. He's just, you know, but it's like, you can even spar, you know, like put on gloves and shin guards and spar hard. And he's just like, oh, this is awesome. I'm just training. But he's never like, like, oh, you going hard with me? I'm going to fucking come back at you hard or something. He's just mm-hmm. technically proficient. It's like his ego doesn't move the needle on his relationship to the training right. at all. At all. Well, and that's really hard to do. Yeah. But um, I think part of it's just his personal temperament and his mindset. He's also very intelligent. And part of it's the fact that he just started so young. So like nothing, <laughs> There's, nothing's, nothing's a novelty to him. Like sure. nothing throws him, mm-hmm. you know? So. Perfect. Great. Thank you very much. Sure. That's a uh, <laughs> really good answer. Really awesome. Thank you. Sweet.